KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Governor Gavin Newsom unveiled a new system to replace the state's COVID-19 watch list on Friday. It's four-tiered and color-coded, with purple meaning the most restrictions and yellow meaning the least. We don't put up green because uh, we don't believe that there is a green light that just says go back to the way things were or back to a pre-pandemic mindset. San Diego County scored a red, meaning it still has substantial restrictions, but red does mean San Diego's restaurants, gyms, salons, and places of worship are cleared to reopen indoor operations to some extent today. In California, 38 counties containing most of the state's population remains in the purple. Over 100 protesters organized by East County Black Indigenous People of Color marched through downtown Santee on Saturday. The group issued 10 demands. One was directed at the Santee City Council itself, demanding that a city diversity committee be led by a person of color. Monica, who declined to give her last name, is one of the march organizers. Just bringing diversity to the community is really important. I grew up here, and growing up there really wasn't a whole lot of diversity at all. So as soon as I was able to leave, I did. But now there are people, there are people of color that live here. I just want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel empowered. Protesters also asked for the mayor and city council to denounce a group known as Defund East County, which often shares racist images on Facebook. Online-only classes start today for the San Diego Unified School District. The district says it will offer in-person classes starting in late September for students who are struggling academically. The list of eligible students includes some with special needs and those experiencing learning loss. The San Diego Unified School Board Vice President Richard Barrera talked to KPBS Midday Edition on Friday. It's about uh, a little over 10% of the students in our district, so it's about 12,000 students all elementary school students. And these are the students who we believe are most in need of having in-person instruction. The in-person classes will take place by appointment only. Later in the podcast, we'll have more from KPBS's Matt Hoffman on East County Public Schools reopening for in-person learning. On a Monday, August 31st, it's San Diego News Matters from KPBS News, a daily morning news podcast powered by all of the reporters, editors, and producers in the KPBS newsroom. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, 
we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. San Diego establishments are cleared to reopen indoor operations today, with some modifications. The changes come from state health officials, but there is still a chance the county could be more restrictive. KPBS health reporter Taryn Mento has more on this story. The reopenings come amid the state's new system that's broken up into four color-coded tiers based on daily case rates and testing positivity in each county. In San Diego, the state now says salons can open fully. Restaurants, places of worship, movie theaters, and museums are limited to 25% capacity, while gyms are limited to 10%. County Public Health Officer Dr. Wilma Wooten held an unplanned news conference to confirm reopenings can happen Monday. But she says she's a little worried. We didn't have any... uh uh, participation in that information uh, before it was posted. So we, we, we will be looking at uh, if there is the need uh, to be more restrictive. To move to a less restrictive tier, counties must wait a mandatory 21 days and meet the tier's metrics for two weeks. Taryn Mento, KPBS News. It has been a deadly few months for members of the armed services in our region. The Army announced the names of two soldiers killed in a helicopter accident Thursday night on San Clemente Island. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has the details. Army Special Operations Command says 22-year-old Tyler Sheldon of San Bernardino and 33-year-old Staff Sergeant Vincent Marchetta of Brick, New Jersey, died Thursday evening. They were part of an Army Special Forces Aviation Unit, which was training at San Clemente Island. The Night Stalkers are based out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. They are known for conducting night operations. Three others were injured in the crash and were taken to local hospitals. The two soldiers who died will receive the Army's Meritorious Service Medal. San Clemente Island is the Navy's only live fire range. In July, eight Marines and a sailor died when their AAV sank just off the coast. The training areas are routinely used by all services. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. Three decisions were made this week by California leaders to reduce pollution and to curb climate change. Cap Radio's Ezra David Romero reports. Ports, energy, and electric cars. The California Public Utilities Commission voted to require utilities to better account for the impact of climate change. The decision means utilities will have to develop internal climate change teams to assess climate vulnerability. The commission also voted in favor of an electric vehicle infrastructure program for Southern California Edison. It means planting 40,000 new charging stations across Southern California over four years. Lastly, the California Air Resources Board voted to clean up pollution from idling ships at ports. Over the next decade, ships will be required to unplug upon arrival or have a device that captures pollution. Plugging in one ship for a day and turning off its engine is like taking 33,000 cars off the roads for that day. In Sacramento, I'm Ezra David Romero.
When the state shut down because of the coronavirus back in March and April, Southern California freeways were suddenly remarkably clear. Now, though the flow of traffic on freeways is crawling back, it remains around 15 to 20 percent below pre-pandemic levels. Gustavo Delardo is in charge of Caltrans. He says fewer cars means more repair work is happening. Right now, for example, we're able to start some closures in the early afternoon and go way into the morning. Normally, sometimes we may not start these closures until 9 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night, and we have to reopen everything by 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. But, he says, there is a downside. Vehicles on the road are driving faster and they are not slowing down, even as more cars and trucks return. For many people, one of the joys of Election Day is walking to your neighborhood polling place and being greeted by a friendly senior citizen ready to hand you one of the beloved I Voted stickers. But that tradition is one of a number of things changing this election, thanks to COVID-19. KPBS's John Carroll reports. For years now, the vast majority of voters in San Diego County have returned their ballots by mail. But because of the pandemic, people who want to vote in person or who have to for some reason will not be going to the familiar neighborhood polling place. Registrar of Voters Michael Vu says there will be 235 satellite locations open from October 31st through Election Day, November 3rd. With more voters out there, with more poll workers going to be located there, with more voting booths, to ensure that there's a level of social distancing and the fact that these locations are going to be running for four times as long. Vu says a lot of the people that typically staff polling locations are staying away now because they tend to be older and more vulnerable to the virus. So in order to attract younger folks who normally wouldn't volunteer, they will be paid positions this year. Check the registrar's website, sdvote.com, for information. John Carroll, KPBS News. San Diego County's 2019 annual crop report was released this week, and it shows agriculture contributed nearly $2 billion to the regional economy in 2019. In the state as a whole, agriculture brings in $50 billion of revenue a year, much of it coming from industrial-sized operations. But most farms in San Diego County are between one and nine acres. So how can farmers here stay in business? San Diego County Farm Bureau Executive Director Hannah Bay says farmers have stayed nimble, adapting to change by constantly innovating. They're shifting their crops to really high-value crops. Um, They're shifting their crops to ones that don't require as much water, as much inputs, and they're reaping those benefits. The 2020 crop report won't be as bountiful as this one thanks to COVID-19, but even then, Bay says the county's farmers are continuing to innovate to blunt the impact of the virus. Every year, KPBS collaborates with the San Diego Public Library and other partners to present One Book, One San Diego. It's a program that encourages everyone in the San Diego and northern Baja region to read the same books. One Book, One San Diego has announced the selections for 2020. KPBS's Devin Watley has more. After receiving over 400 nominations, the titles for One Book, One San Diego this year zero in on the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. They Called Us Enemy is the story of actor George Takai. The book explores Takai's childhood in internment camps. 
He was one of 120,000 Japanese Americans imprisoned by the U.S. government during World War II. One Book, One San Diego will host a free virtual event featuring an interview with Sakai on September 22nd. The selection for children's books was Right to Me by Cynthia Grady and illustrated by Amiko Hirao. It tells the story of captive Japanese-American kids who wrote to their beloved San Diego librarian, Clara Breed. For more information on event details and to register for the virtual event with Takai, go to kpbs.org slash onebook. Devin Watley, KPBS News. Coming up on the podcast, parents, teachers, and students are getting ready to resume in-person classes as early as tomorrow. The bottom line is that our system was not really designed to function this way, so we're, we're reworking kind of all of our systems. It's up to individual school districts to craft reopening plans that protect students, their families, and staff. We'll hear from two East County school districts who are eyeing returns to the classroom. That's up next after this break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. and teachers are getting ready to go back to school. County officials say with a case rate below state targets, all schools can reopen starting tomorrow. Many have already started the school year online with distance learning. KPBS reporter Matt Hoffman takes us inside two East County schools to show us what classes will look like during the pandemic. If they arrive healthy, they're going to remain healthy throughout the day, and we're going to send them home healthy at the end of the day. Blossom Valley Elementary Principal Kirk Hoban says they've proven they can take care of kids safely, hosting a summer daycare program where no coronavirus cases were reported among staff or students. At all grade levels from K through fifth grade, I had an amazing group of teachers who volunteered to come in and be the ones to try this out. And um, we were able to safely bring kids back. Blossom Valley in El Cajon is part of the Cajon Valley Union School District and plans to welcome back kids after Labor Day weekend. Inside of classrooms, desks are spaced apart and each have clear plastic dividers sitting on top of the tables. Hoban says they've learned a lot from summer daycare. The daily arrival and departure of kids, I think, was one of the greatest challenges because um, normally you're not having to pay attention to things like social distancing and do kids have masks. Blossom Valley will keep individual classes isolated from each other. That way kids can still go out for activities like recess. I think the biggest eye-opener, um, you know, we, we know schools are a social place and we know how important that is, but I don't think we realize how important and how critical that social element is, um, both for kids and the families. All of this in an effort to make the return to the classroom feel as normal as possible while protecting kids and families from the virus. The majority of, of, of our school district wants to go back to school. Cajon Valley trustee Jim Miller says to make in-person instruction possible, all students and staff will be required to wear face coverings. The district with more than 15,000 students has been doing classes virtually for about a week now. It's been going pretty good. There's yeah. been some technical difficulties, and but overall it's been going pretty good. Are there going to be hiccups? Absolutely. There's hiccups every day in every profession, whether there's a pandemic or not. Right. 
The question then becomes is how do you overcome those? Just a few miles away in Lakeside at Lakeview Elementary, preparations are also underway to welcome students back to campus. The bottom line is that our system was not really designed to function this way, so we're, we're reworking kind of all of our systems. Lakeside Union School District Superintendent Andy Johnson says they're doing things a little differently. They're committing to at least four weeks of distance learning. Classes started online last week and like Cajon Valley, officials are giving parents the option to return to in-person learning near the end of September. We felt it was really important to give parents a choice. Um, so those parents who want to stay in distance learning all year long have that option. To make in-person classes a reality again for its more than 5,000 kids, students, and staff in all grade levels will be required to wear face coverings, and students will be encouraged to wash their hands every hour to hour and a half. Restrooms will be cleaned hourly and classrooms nightly. So our maintenance and operations team actually designed and then built these hand washing stations. The district is hoping outdoor sinks will promote frequent hand washing. Schools have also been asked to limit high touch areas. Water fountains are turned off and all the kids will have a um, bottle filling station. All the schools have a bottle filling station where the kids can get their water. Classrooms here don't feature those plastic dividers that Cajon Valley is using. Tables stay facing forward, spaced out. Lakeside Union will also be doing daily health screenings. We do have thermometers. We've got these uh, heat sensing thermometers for all of our staff. So we are going to do temperature checks of all of our students and staff every day. That applies to anyone coming into the office as well. If a student feels sick or is exhibiting symptoms of the virus, they will be isolated on campus. But what about possible closures? San Diego County Office of Education Superintendent Paul Gothold says if 5% of students in class get the virus. That classroom would automatically shut down for 14 days. Uh, if you're talking about an individual school, 5% again is the met metric. Individual school districts will communicate with parents if a student tests positive or if there's an outbreak. Administrators are asking for patience during this uncertain time. That was KPBS reporter Matt Hoffman. Are you taking your kids back to school? Are you concerned? Send us a voicemail or leave us an email with your questions or concerns about this crazy and unprecedented back-to-school season. You can text us or leave a voice message at 619-452-0228 or send an email to podcasts at kpbsmedia.org. That's it for our podcast today. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.